0: Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800 Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. Rate shield approval
1: only valid on certain 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
0: I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. racial
1: approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
2: Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratrooth Radio.
3: Hey everybody, welcome to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And this is our Easter episode for Paratruth Radio. Uh, We are doing the pre-record just because it is a holiday, and since it's a big one for everybody, especially for anybody who's Christian, especially Eric, I'm sure he doesn't want to be broadcasting when Christ was resurrected, so... um, (laughs) So we've got uh, some big news here for you guys. Uh, as we said last episode, uh, we are actually going to be broadcasting from paratruthradio.com from here on out. So after this episode, you guys can catch us at paratruthradio.com. Uh, we will be giving you more details on that show as to the other areas that you can find us as well. Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: well, well, well let's, let's go ahead and I think we should go ahead and, uh, I guess give some detail as to why we're switching, okay, um, and what the bonuses are going to be All in right. regards to being able to do that.
3: Well, um, one of the biggest things is we've wanted to say for a long time we're broadcasting from paratruthradio.com instead of go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Uh That's why we had the Indiegogo campaigns. That's why we were trying to get the funding to get a great sound system to do a better show for you guys, as well as uh, get the website up in general, because most of the time people don't know what's going on without looking at our information. So the other thing, too, is uh, we've found a better broadcasting tool, uh, so the sound quality should be more than better. Uh, me and Eric can be on the show at the very same time. Uh, luckily, we've figured out how to do that in the past couple of weeks, uh, but uh, this just gives us a much better... Uh, way of, of getting on at the same time. A lot of times Eric was coming on shortly after the intro. Uh, all of you guys I'm sure have heard that. So
2: right, right.
3: the other thing too is, uh, you'll be able to actually hear us from your phones without calling in to listen. You guys can actually just pull up a app. Um, like I said, I won't mention it right now until we get on next episode. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to be a game changer for Paratrooth Radio in in the long run, um, mm-hmm. as well as the chance to to make Paratrooth Radio quite a bit bigger than what it is. Yeah. So
2: um, I think,
3: and you know, and on top of that,
2: uh, I might have just missed what you had said at the beginning there. But um, I know occasionally we, we sometimes break up during the episodes as well. Right. on blog talk radio yeah. and by being able to go this route we will no longer be cutting out on you guys uh hopefully uh, it'll be much clearer uh, we can adjust the volume of our voices and the sounds uh, that you hear so overall it should be a much better experience for you guys and a uh, much more um i guess pleasant <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh sound for you guys as well as opposed to the annoyingness that comes from uh the constant cutouts that we sometimes deal with so that's a good plus uh, i think i mean maybe you don't but i think it's a good plus so <laughs> i
3: think it's an excellent plus um and it, like one of the biggest things we've always had a problem with is sound quality um right even on Parax, even though it was a little bit better, you know we would always have the cutouts because we were using an, uh, a third party software to, to broadcast. so it would have issues. Um, mm-hmm. We had numerous guests uh, where we had to stop the recording and ask them to come back because for whatever reason, whether that was internet connection, uh, or mm-hmm. something going on with the the broadcast itself through Blog Talk Radio, Parax. Um, it's just a much more pleasing sound to you guys, as Eric said, and I agree one hundred percent that uh, it's definitely a a much better thing for you guys to be listening to other than the. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it. Oh yeah, and this is. Uh, it, it, it. So, <laughs> all right, so to get on to our topic here, which a lot of this episode, I'm sure, is going to be a lot of rabbit trailing, uh, you guys mm-hmm. are always more than welcome to chime in when it's our live shows when we're rabbit trailing because we can get off topic quite a bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't feel
2: bad of, like, messaging us during the show but like, hey, guys, um what's the topic again (laughs) Right. Uh, to to remind us like, Hey, there is a topic that we're supposed to be following. Right.
3: Um, And I've had a lot of people tell us that, you know, all of the topics we're covering are great. Um, I've had somebody recently say that our episode 12, which is, I believe the episode where we, uh, I'm not sure if that was our, Old investiga- I think that was our Old Investigations episode. Um, mm-hmm, I think so. And uh, they said that they loved it because they too uh, believe that there are demonic entities posing as human spirits in hauntings. Um, so they they do gr- agree on Eric's side of, of the paranormal that there is the demonic, not... Earthly, or er, uh, I'm sorry, human spirits. My apologies, here on on Earth haunting. Um, and I, I listened to one of their episodes, and here we go with the first rabbit trail uh, recently. And it's about uh night terrors, which I know Eric has had before. I don't know if I've ever had night terrors. I know that I've had nightmares. Uh, But there is a very distinct difference, and that they felt that night terrors were actually spiritual oppression and Mm -hmm. and not something medical. Would you agree with that?
4: Um. Yeah, I
3: mean, I would
2: agree with that. I mean, and just overall, night terrors. Not saying that night terrors can't happen on their own, right? Um, I think a lot of the night terrors that we that are. I guess, received, at least could be, if not are, uh, of a spiritual nature, or something that's inflicting those nightmares, if you will, but a night terror usually uh, puts you in, in, kind of puts the body in a mode where you're, there's a lot of moving around, there's a lot of uh, talking, you sleep, sleeping, you even jump up out of bed, like, freaking out, screaming, so on and so forth, right. uh, it kind of makes everything even more realistic. Than what even a nightmare would be. Uh, a nightmare typically, and you know anyone out there who disagrees with me can say so. And please uh, provide your personal uh, belief as to what a nightmare is and how different it is from a nightmare. But uh, a nightmare is, I mean, obviously something that's just like you wake up in the morning or even in the middle of the night and you're like, you know, <laughs> I guess for me it's like, what the heck just happened? Like I, right? It, was that was that real? I mean, is there, you know, something like that is just, it's really hard. In fact, I'm even going to, since I'm sitting here talking and obviously that that little uh, stutter of mine wasn't a technical difficulty, that was actually me stuttering, um, <laughs> even though we are currently on blocked Talk Radio right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and type up nightmare, uh, nightmare and Night Terror and give you an exact definition of the two, and maybe this will be a learning experience for all of us
4: because
3: yeah cuz i really don't know what the difference is they were talking about it on uh talking supernatural the the people that i were was talking about um but right, right. I, I even with their explanation i still don't i mean cuz what hap- what they were saying was happening in a night terror i've had happen in a nightmare but it wasn't as intense as as what they say a night terror is mm-hmm.
2: So I'm just kind of reading over this
3: real quick. Okay. All right, folks. Well, while Eric's doing that, um, I do want to say I'm glad that uh, you guys are still listening to us here um, and soon to be on Uh We will have a live chat there as well. Um, so definitely check it out uh, next week when we uh, go live there. And it, it'll be a little bit of a more... Um, I think, pleasing experience, at least on this side of the uh, of the radio, because uh, I have to have multiple windows open when I'm doing my broadcast with the chat, with the the broadcasting system. And with being on paratruthradio.com, I can just sit on one thing for the most part and, and see you guys a lot better.
2: Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> going back to the Night Terror thing, uh, Night Terror's... Is in a sense a a type of sleep disorder occasionally, and it usually occurs within the three to four hour uh, within the first three to four hours of sleep.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And in particular, it's the non rapid eye movement or the N R the N R E M part of sleep. Uh, A lot of people didn't really recognize what the difference was until someone noticed that basically. The difference between nightmares and night terrors was that rapid eye movement was discovered in night terrors. On top of that, the night terror usually causes the person to feel terror or dread, where a nightmare will simply, you know, cause like a feeling of, uh, I guess, a feeling of just fear which is, believe it or not, like horror or fear, which is completely different from dread or terror. Uh, Terror dread is...
3: Go ahead. I guess, not to say to dumb the sound, but basically a nightmare is you're kind of freaked out, but night terror, you've had the crap completely scared out of you.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, a nightmare is one of those, like I had
2: said earlier, you know, something you might just slowly wake up from and, you know, you're a little freaked out from it or, like, what the heck was that, you know? Uh, where night tear patients or people who usually have night tears are described as bolting upright with their eyes wide open and having a look of fear or panic on their face and will often scream and it also is so uh comes along with like the person usually being sweated up uh, they'll exhibit rapid res- uh, respiration a rapid heart rate uh, you know things like that even having uh like an elaborate motor activity, if you will, such as thrashing limbs, including punching, swinging, mm-hmm. fleeing motions, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, And they'll usually, usually do that to find a way to escape from the predicament that they're in within their night terror, uh, which obviously threatens a lot of bodily injury too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in the end, I think a night terror, according to this, is something that's much more uh, which is something, that I guess, much deeper, something that, uh, I guess, triggers something in your body that causes you to feel so, causes you to feel like you're in such a desperate life or death matter um, and just so frightening that, basically, you start acting as you would in that, in the real instance, you know, in real life. Right. Um, where a nightmare, like I said, is, like, a nightmare to me, uh, for the difference for me is, like, a nightmare would be <clears throat> dreaming about someone that I know or care about dying. Right. That would be a nightmare. You know, I wake up, you know, a little worried or whatever like that. A night terror, on the other hand, would have been one of a number of dreams that I've had. Uh, in particular, was one when I had the dream about Satan. Right. Or if it was a, Satan, you know, a dream, I personally believe that Satan really did visit me that night. Uh, but in that particular instance... I woke up so out of breath and sweating and, like, you know, they're just just so worried that I woke up chanting or yelling out uh, Bible verses, which was the same thing I was doing in my dream. So I actually was somehow the—I can't even explain it, but I, in my dream, I was yelling out the Bible verses, and when I woke up, I sat straight up and was still yelling out the same Bible verses, as in I woke up mid-sentence. Um, before realizing I was actually awake and wasn't really involved in what was going on at that particular moment. But, uh, but those are the two for me, like, what the difference is. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I, I don't think very many people are explained what the difference is unless it's actually happening to them. So. Right, right.
1: Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, Professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy eating. reading.
3: All right, now off of that <laughs> off of that first rabbit trail, um, we're going to get into the uh, what this show is actually really about. We're talking about Easter. Uh, for those of you that don't, don't know what Easter is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> is uh the resurrection of, of
2: christ um it's about sides. <laughs> no it's a canterbury bunny he's just hanging out over here <laughs> did
3: he lay a very special egg there for you eric
2: no he's saying i'm a jerk <laughs> he, he hopped away <laughs>
3: All right. Well, for those of those that uh, listen to us on a regular basis, everybody knows that Eric is the Christian side of the the paranormal as far as our show is concerned. Um, So I think I'll give Eric the chance to kind of explain
2: Easter a little bit. Explain Easter. Well, it's actually very simple and doesn't even really have to be explained because the majority of people uh, within the world have at least a basic idea of what Christianity is and what it's all about. Uh, and not the it's not so much a religion, as many people believe it is. It's a uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we celebrate Easter, we're literally celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, of course, in order to get to the resurrection, you start off with when we celebrate Christmas, um, which is the birth of Christ. And then we lead up to uh, Palm Sunday, which is when Jesus... This is like 33 years later. Uh, Palm Sunday, Jesus rides in on a donkey, uh, basically claiming himself as the King of Kings, the God of gods. You know, he is the Lord, uh, God Almighty. And then, which eventually also leads up to his death, his crucifixion on the cross, which is Friday, um, uh, the Friday before Easter, Which then, after his death, one, two, three days later, and of course there's a lot of discussion as to what exactly three days means, but Sunday morning, very early in the morning, perhaps even before the sun even rose, uh, Jesus himself, who just was crucified, uh, tortured, crucified, and killed, is then resurrected again, fully alive, in the flesh, and in the spirit, uh, and proves that he has all power over uh over death, over sin, over hell itself, and that nothing and no one can ever hold him down um, because he is the one true God. And so, yeah, Easter is just that. It's the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord and Savior who defeated death uh, and came back, uh, basically came back to us to prove that he is who he said he was and to fully forgive us of our sins and allow us the ability and the chances. And I say chances because God is very merciful, um, and graceful that he gives us multiple chances to choose him and ultimately have a relationship with God and enter heaven upon our death. So <clears throat> quickly, that's just a quick rundown of what Easter is <laughs> that's the quick, about. Quick version. huh? That's the quick version. Yeah. That's the quick version. Um, and I'm mostly go to the quick version because I know this isn't. Even though we are discussing mainly Easter, this is an open conversation or an open show, which means, I mean, come on, we just talked about nightmares, and now we're talking about the resurrection of Christ. Right. Um, <laughs> bit of a difference, right? But um, so I, I one is much gonna be more rabbi-
3: pleasant than the other, even though the, yeah. the crucifixion of Christ is a very gruesome thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Um, but I know we're going to be rabbit trailing a lot. Um, which is why I gave the quick rundown. But doesn't mean we won't go back and break it up a little bit. Yeah.
3: Well, and, um, you know, a lot of people don't, um, even a lot of Christians that, have, that are supposed to have, I should say, read the Bible and follow Christianity, uh, really don't know what Easter is about. I mean, we've broken it down to the Easter bunny, and you go find a bunch of things around the house. Um, or in the yard or whatever Mm -hmm. you do. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, that, that'll lead us into a topic, you know, why did it become the Easter bunny? Why? I mean, and a lot of people don't understand this either. Why is it on a different day of the year every year? It's supposedly Mm -hmm. the same Sunday, but it's a different Mm -hmm. day where Christmas always falls on December 25th. And, um, I'm trying to think of other Christian holidays that kind of fall on the same day. It is Palm Sunday, or is it Palm Sunday? Mm-hmm. Does that always fall on the same date? I mean, it's, all, it's all, uh. Or does it kind of follow the Easter it, thing where? I mean, it's
2: always, yeah, it's always a Sunday before Easter Sunday. Okay. So Palm Sunday is today. Okay. Easter Sunday is next, or this upcoming Sunday. Um, and it's always the same. So, obviously, as uh, the date changes for Easter Sunday, Palm Sunday is also going to change. Um, and, of course, that has a lot to do with uh, the Jewish holidays, I believe. I don't don't quote me on that at all because I don't know much about the uh, Jewish holidays. I know um,
3: Easter falls around the same time as Passover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, so that would make yeah. that would make a little bit of sense that you know, maybe they're not trying to conflict with Passover. Are they trying to keep it close together because you know uh, Christ actually came from from Judaism? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Um
2: and i'm not going to sit here and say that I understand everything because I don't um, but Passover and Easter actually they they, they actually inter- intersect if you will because Passover begins this year on April fourth okay two thousand and fifteen, which is actually this Saturday
3: just Easter's then
2: yeah and so Easter's April fifth but Passover goes all the way to April eleventh um <clears throat> Yeah, I and of course it really depends on the church as well too because like western churches yeah uh you know their their easter is april 5th where orthodox churches their easter is april 12th so it just it just always depends <laughs> <laughs> depends on you know what your faith is uh you know what you where your uh I hate to say it, use the word religion, but there's a lot of religions out there, yeah. as opposed to relationships. Um, and like for us, with the Western churches, it's April 5th. Uh, that that's us. That's the Christian churches. That's or um, considered, you know, the Christian churches. The ones that I'm not. You know, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna rabbit trail to somewhere that I'm just gonna be you know, stuck at a dead end it so just
3: going to into there. a hole.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm, i have done that one too many times. Yeah. I'll stop at an inch and crawl <laughs> back out.
3: <laughs> well, I guess the next question is is why the Easter bunny? I mean, we talked about uh Santa Claus and uh about Christmas and a lot of uh pagan things being introduced into Christianity because Christianity was trying to bring the pagans away from that religion and 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 into christianity and following christ and and god and Mm -hmm. um i from what i'm reading i don't see anything that says that the easter bunny has to do with the pagan religions did you ever read anything about that actually i just i just came across
2: it um since ancient times Uh, Rabbits have been associated obviously with spring, and that's why, like, a lot of people I don't know if anyone notices this, I've noticed it a lot. But once spring comes around, that's when all the bunnies come around. So I don't see a rabbit like ever during the summer, rarely. I do, but rarely, right? And you know, I definitely don't see them in the winter. Occasionally, I see their footprints, but um, but once spring comes around, there's bunnies everywhere.
0: But in regards
2: to uh, the pagan origin of the bunny or the easter bunny in this case it's believed that uh i think it's anglo-saxon the goddess of spring uh-huh. uh had a hare as her companion okay and so when spring came around you know you have you know the goddess who brings spring and then has the bunny as her companion um and of course there's a number of other beliefs and that's something i have to look into myself because i haven't really I never saw a bunny rabbit as, you know, a Christian type of thing. It's just, it's kind of like Santa Claus, although Santa Claus actually...
3: Right, he came from a Christian type setting. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: he still has a still Christian origin to St. Nicholas. St. Right.
3: Um, Nicholas and, and was, Santa are obviously two different characters, because St. Nicholas is obviously... Yeah, same. I mean, they're two different characters, but in, this, in the same, in the same right. sense, they're one
2: in the same... Right. Um, so there's an obvious there's an obvious origin of what Santa Claus is now right. from where he came from, which is Saint Nicholas, and how that all came to. But um,
3: <clears throat> did you forget where you're going with us? No,
2: I started reading because <laughs> I'm looking. I'm reading up Easter bunnies, <laughs> folks. You'd be surprised at the things that we have to look up. Yeah. Sometimes, growing up, I never thought I'd be looking up, like, (laughs) Easter Bunny. What is an Easter Bunny, exactly?
3: Right, and I don't think, like, in most Easter um, sermons, I mean, the Easter Bunny is never brought up as far as I've ever heard. Right. Um, So, like, to me, I, I always go to, why is this thing a part of this like like for example we said santa but like the jack-o'-lantern for halloween or Mm -hmm. the shamrock for saint patty's day yes saint patty's day is a an, an irish holiday where we celebrate saint patrick but where did that that symbolism come from
2: why are those things there right well, and like even with Christian, even in regards to uh, the Christian aspect of St. Patrick's Day, and why do we call it St. Patrick's Day exactly? Um, I actually have an answer for that uh, <laughs> as to why they use the shamrock for St. Patrick's oh, Day. Obviously, okay. St. Pat, yeah, St. Patrick was a saint, Christian saint um, who brought Christianity to uh, Ireland. That we at the time, and he actually used now, as we all know, shamrocks. Are known to have three cloves on it, or or three leaves on it. Yeah. Uh, the clover leaf, the shamrock, or the clover leaf have three leaves. Saint Patrick used the clover uh, as a representation to describe the Holy Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so that's where the shamrock actually comes from in regards to the clover in regards to Saint Patrick's Day. Oh.
4: All right.
2: <clears throat> Because he actually used it as a symbol right. to to explain the Holy Trinity, so right.
3: And shamrocks were rather abundant in Ireland at the time, so I could see how he would <clears throat> incorporate that into his sermons.
2: Right. So, in regards to the pagan, you know, or, or origin of the rabbit or the uh, hares. um... It, in this case, like there's a couple of different views here. Um, so I'm just reading something else real quick here because no, I saw something about fine. the Christian view. Yeah,
3: because I mean, I mean that's the biggest thing is why why associate it with a Christian holiday, right?
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't see... It looks like a lot of it just has to deal with fertility.
3: So, coming from a, a pagan
2: standpoint. Coming from a pagan standpoint, yeah. Um,
3: well, then, I mean, then that makes sense. Just like uh, Christmas, where they incorporated a bunch of pagan uh, traditions into Chris, Christmas, they they were doing the same thing for Easter. Right, right. So, um, all right, I think we'll take our first break. Um, folks, you are listening to Truth Radio. Uh, we will be right back. Uh, we've got Eric's Random Fact and some uh, new music, and uh, then we'll continue with Easter.
4: Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day.
2: So, the name Jesus is is most pronounced in the Bible. And the English transliteration of Jesus uh, is the Greek name Jesus, which is Joshua. And Joshua is the English transliteration of... uh, You know what? I'm going to break it down like this because normally, as most of you know, we do random facts and... uh, paranormal headlines as a record. Uh, And lately we've been doing them at live because quite frankly, it's difficult for me to do the work when I'm on set 16 hours a day. So it goes like this. (laughs) Jesus is the English transliteration of the Greek word Jesus. And Joshua is the English transliteration of the Hebrew name Yeshua. But both Jesus and Joshua mean Yahweh saves or Jehovah is salvation. Now, the name Jesus appears in the Bible more than 900 times and is in particular, depending on the book that you read, in this case, the King James Version, Jesus is mentioned 983 times, which only goes to show his significance within the scriptures and his significance within the world and Christianity, uh, proving ultimately proving and leading to the scriptures that say that Jesus Christ is God.
4: This was Eric's random fact of the day.
5: on the edge of metal, the gringos, think flows, yes, the cockatoid. Kill Agnes with a glance from the pupil of annoyed. A mic stored in underwear, drawers of my dresser. Rhymes from true God, yours is child of Alessa. A lower case G hanging under the bar. My G's above and beyond, and shining bright from afar like North Star. Guiding me to Gibson the pinch a doctor, stranger. Like a Fly bringing danger. In fan of sick. Stand tall, surfing ink from Bic. Push the click, now I'm running. Leading down the L pen shaft and spin a phonograph to exercise a paragraph, epitaph, from killing off the flesh with 808, a low frequency to give you something to hate uh, We tie words of time with lasso with, uh, with, with, with heart from the soul, Pablo, Picasso And paint rushing my discussion When we touchin' time sublime with battle We tie words up tight with lasso With heart from the soul, Pablo, Picasso And paint rushing my discussion When we touching rushing upon the trail my horse pumpkin motion like any of the boxes Crossed, tossed aside, my tribe's trying to survive. If the government's rise never came. So I strain to break with rules till the president's action changed. Who shot the sheriff? I'm embarrassed by this So some come aboard the bandwagon of hickory. My lazy eye gives that warning. Watch your step. My six shooters walk with no mess, love for death. A true desperado, my models crossed you in flossed. If you're jeffering, i in a wooden box in the dust. R's crossed, my happy monkey ground. while we couldn't tame. you can gun down, it's the fortune and the fame. But I like the Till I change the strange, try to pull my people. Ah, ah, oh, my people ah. I manipulate metaphors. Bring the medication to heal. Get my feminine sores. Rushing through the corridor. Oh. I'm middle. I fill up with life's riddles and break them down to little riddles. I'm that old I clean up your waist you and like some canine speaking matter. Drop it in the bag and make the whip dash. To make sure that it goes out with the morning trash. I'm that problem solving for all them questions. Asking and you up and coming as See, I was raised on rapping. to the river i and the stairs is where I'm. Clavesh jerk, no joke. That's what my foes. Those that oppose the one who rules and claim the guy is lazy. They say they're and that they are my replacement. We want you back down in the basement, but I continue to pound the pavement. Stay fly, just like a preacher minister through entertainment. We tie words up tight with lasso. With art from the soul, Pablo Picasso. And brush in my discussion when we touching in times sublime with rabbit flow. We tie words of tight with lasso. With art from the soul, Pablo Picasso. And paint brushing my discussion when we touch and rushing is like Vandal. Like Paragraphs of intellect, encompassing lines of ill cloning, pin marks of past success to fit the bill. So I chill and wait for the intro to my verse, A perfect fit like a casket in a hearse. Then I converse with Mike, first the a handshake. Then we bring fellowship over plates, so a rhyme and bowls amidst the calm. It's being laid. We build the second floor. The encore is filled with the barnacle folklore, telling tales of how to rule the states of like Morgan Freeman, number one, but they exist. As a competitive game and overriding ever since The subtlety through my rhyme Attacking the obvious and taking the sublime While I'm see so worried about how to get signed. We wrote lows and then last sold the mine. No one asked you to dance with the green bulls. Do we nourish the soul like a meter from Roscoe? We tie words up tight with Lasso, with art from the soul Pablo Picasso. And paintbrush in my discussion when we touching time Sublime with Raphael. We tie words up tight with Lasso, with art from the soul Pablo Picasso. And paintbrush in my discussion when we touching Russian is like Van Gogh.
4: Towers up tight with
5: lasso, with art from the soul pop over the castle, and paint rush in my discussion when we touch it. Towers uptight with lasso, with art from the soul pop over the castle, and paint rush in my discussion.
3: All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. All right, and we do have to apologize for the random fact. Um, We are doing a different system here, and Eric is unable to hear the the outgoing audio, which we are going to work on. Um, So it's a little confusing for him to try and do something when he can't even tell when he's supposed to do it. Yeah. So um, we, we will keep continuing to make it better for you guys, obviously, um, and make it a smoother run for us as well. Um,
2: yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to, before we move on, I'm actually going to go back and just, uh, I did a little bit more research during our break. Okay. It's nice and it's easier to do research when you're not trying to talk at the same time. Um, well, and I for a lot of you out, a lot
3: of stuff blowing in your ear too to
2: distract you, right. <laughs> sure it A little bit easier that way too. Um, yeah, for a lot of you out there, uh, sometimes it seems like our show runs real smooth. We have all the information we're ready to go, so on and so forth. Other times, not so much. The reason that is, it's very simple, and I hate to use the word busy, but um, unfortunately, <laughs> busy. we are, um, like really busy, uh, for the past. You know, two weeks now. Um, and these past two weeks and the next three are going to be quite busy and hectic. I've been shooting a movie. I've been on a film set. Uh, I'm not going to say much about it, but we've been filming a full-length feature film, uh, spending around average 14 hours a day, um, usually getting in a good 15 hours at least, uh, every single day, five to six days a week. And I'll come home, sleep for four hours, and then be back on set the next day. Uh, and so it's tough for me to get, you know, online or get into the books that I have and do all the research uh, for the shows. And unfortunately, as you can see, this is the outcome occasionally, where it's really, like, jumbled up and, like, wait, what? And, uh, And oh, wait, oh, I just learned this. Oh, no, wait, that's not right. It's kind of thing like that. Uh, <laughs> so you got to bear with us. You know, we've done the Easter episode numerous times. It's always different, and there's always different information that's coming out, uh, both with our sources uh, from the interweb, or internet, however you want to call it, um, <laughs> and also within theology books as well, Right. Uh, for me. Uh, <clears throat> but with that said, I had a little time to do a little more research with the whole Easter bunny and Easter egg thing, and... It does, of course, have the pagan roots, as I've already mentioned, uh, going along with the goddess of spring and the whole fertility thing. Uh, But in particular, it came from uh, Germany. It's actually its origin is Germany, and it came over to America when German immigrants uh, came to Pennsylvania and started spreading the 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 tale about the Easter Bunny. And basically, the Easter Bunny delivers colored eggs to children that are good. So it's basically a springtime version of Santa Claus. Uh, just as Santa Claus delivers presents to good children, so the Easter Bunny delivers colored eggs, only for well-behaved children. Right. Uh, and in regards to how... And I've never... I, I did not know this. And I know many, I know many, many, many Christian people... And pastors who don't even use the Easter bunny or Easter eggs as a, uh, uh, a representation of Christ. Uh, not that they don't, you know, obviously, we all support the Easter bunny <laughs> uh, and Easter eggs because it's fun. It's fun for children. It's fun for me. I'm 29. Last year, I was 28, and I did the Easter egg hunt with my sisters. It's going to be the first year that I don't do that. But uh, it's fun. You know, it's fun to think of an Easter bunny and stuff like that, but you got to know the difference between the Easter bunny and reality, which is the celebration of uh, Christ's resurrection. But Christianity did adopt the significance of eggs, and they used it to symbolize new life as well as, um, well, they used it to adopt Christ's resurrection, the new life. Um, and, And in particular, it helps Christians, uh, especially uh, missionaries, to explain Christ's resurrection by using the hard part of the egg, the shell, which is the representation of the tomb or a hard casket from which new life will emerge. So just as Christ was in a tomb and, you know, it was like this rock, literally rock hard shell uh, that contained him, as of Sunday morning... He broke out, bringing this new life, and so you see the same thing with Easter egg or with the eggs in particular. Uh, it's this hard shell that entraps uh, a living creature, which eventually finds a way to break out uh, and ultimately bring forth new life. So that's how Christians view the Easter egg and use it. Apparently, something I didn't know. But as for the Easter bunny, I still have no clue. <laughs> He's just, he's just a cute little furry guy that wiggles his nose. And we all like cute little furry animals. If you say so. Other than Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> that just got dark real fast. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah,
3: and that's a completely su- different subject because, as you guys know from previous shows, we've done investigations at Mr. Dahmer's original home. So Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't like <laughs> little animals. Easter bunnies, yeah. Um, well, like I said, I've always questioned where these things come from because nobody, I mean, e- unless you're doing deep-down research um, for, for like, a research paper or something, you never really question why these things are a part right. of our holidays. Um, I think one of the biggest problems, just like I said, for Christianity or I'm sorry for Christmas, you know, we get away from what the true meaning is, uh, even though, you know, celebrating with the Easter bunny, hiding eggs, watching kids just light up as they find these things is an amazing thing. And it's a Mm -hmm. happy holiday. We're getting away from what the true meaning is, uh, right. Christmas is supposed to be about the birth of Christ, not about a fat jolly man coming down your chimney giving you presents if you were good and coal if you were bad. Um same thing for the Easter bunny and I honestly don't want to know what he leaves for you if you've been bad. So um but uh you know we get away from the fact that it's supposed to be a celebration that Christ was reborn again. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he rose from the grave. Mm -hmm. I don't know. To me that, that should be the important part. And maybe for most, it still is, but, um, it's become very commercial, very commercialized, Right. right? Um, It's hard to think of what what to say about Easter as well. I mean, one of the biggest things that Eric and I have done in past episodes, like the Christmas episode, is uh, we recalled a memory from Easter. And um, I'm trying to think of one myself. Do you have any that pop out for you?
2: In regards to what again?
3: To Easter and, and childhood. Like...
2: My- Eastern childhood, um, <laughs> yeah, I got one that's funny. Okay, go ahead. To me, my sister wouldn't be too thrilled. But um, well,
3: we've—how many times have we brought stuff up? Your sisters?
2: <laughs> that's true. That's true. So this—there's this one time, and I don't know how many people remember it, like in my family. But me and my sister Erin. I don't remember. I don't think Ellie went. I think she was too young. Uh, we were going to go see a Easter play. Uh, not on Easter, but it was within you know the time frame of Easter right. or spring. Uh, and we went with my mom and my grandma. On the way there, <laughs> my sister ended up getting sick. She threw up all over the backseat, basically. And we ended up having to drive her home. And then after we dropped her off, we went back. Uh to to see the play and I remember sitting there watching it and the one thing that I remember so vaguely is seeing a gigantic like seven or eight foot tall shadow of the bunny rabbit hopping behind the screen. Um, To this day I can't tell if it was, if it's just an interesting memory or a scary one, but (laughs) I'm I'm still trying to decide that because obviously whenever I think of a bunny, a giant bunny... I think of Donnie Darko, (laughs) which just makes me sad. (laughs) And now I'm
4: sad.
3: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, It's going to be okay. It's just a
2: movie. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know. But I guess the one thing that I remember most from Easter, and this is something that happens every single year, and I just mentioned it, was the Easter egg hunts. Every single morning, my sisters and I get up. My mom would place... E- chocolate eggs all over the, the uh, living room, and we would have a competition. We would see how many of us would, or we'd see which one of us would get the most Easter eggs uh, within the time frame it took us to get them. And we'd sit down, count them all up, and the winner would, you know, they wouldn't win anything other than all the candy that they wa- that they found, uh, but they would have bragging rates pretty much until the following year, um, which... The middle child, Aaron, has not allowed us to live down at any point in the entire <laughs> time that we've been having these uh, these competitions uh, but of course there's always one or two Easter eggs left around somewhere that we don't know about, and our dog find will always find them and he come running out with this foil covered chocolate egg that would be would be impossible to get from him so. That's something that I remember that's always fun. Dogs love love holidays just as much.
3: Yeah, but... I don't know if they like... I mean, maybe they do like getting sick. I don't know, but... <laughs> but my dogs never got
2: sick. My dogs don't get sick eating chocolate. Or at least the Huskies never got sick oh. eating chocolate. Um, yeah, I, mean, anyway, I guess
3: was the paranormal dog. Nothing would have made him sick.
2: Well, I... <laughs> Well, Hank's is a different story altogether. Right. <laughs> but Thunder and Tracker never got sick either. Maybe in oh. like one-pound chocolate bunnies. So, and they've been fine. But, you know, whatever science says, you know, <laughs> chocolate kills dogs, whatever. I've, got, I've had three of them. They've all eaten chocolate. They've all survived quite well.
4: <laughs> um
3: Well, um, I think out of my entire childhood, I just, I don't remember a specific one, but um, I always remember doing the Easter egg at home, um, going to grandma Schultz's and doing the Easter egg hunt. And then I, I'm pretty, I, unless I'm remembering wrong, but we used to do Easter egg hunts at grandma and Grandpa cancellaries as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe so. It's been a long time since all that's happened, so I can't remember anymore. Um, Yeah. But um, just always being around family, you know, uh, enjoying the holiday as well as going to church. And you growing up, you were in the Catholic faith, so I'm sure it wasn't as pleasant as other churches sometimes. But... (laughs) As far as the the length of the
2: sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, at least when I was a kid, yeah. Well yeah. I dragged. <laughs> I just played with my hot wheels on the pews.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Aaron and Ellie would sleep. Doing peeling out um, on the pews, huh?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, um Yeah. So <clears throat> Easter, Jesus, Yeah, began with the death, the crucifixion and death of Christ on Good Friday, uh, which is very ironic, ironic to call it Good Friday, right. considering, yeah. you know, but I mean, the main reason they call it Good Friday is because of what was yet to come, right. you know. I mean, yeah. um, if Jesus didn't die, we wouldn't be where we are today and quite frankly, there would be no salvation whatsoever. Um, That veil would not have been torn. But there's a lot of debate as to when exactly Jesus had died. um, As you read through the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they go into great depth as to uh, the crucifixion itself, as to the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through. uh, His time before Pilate, Uh, And the crowd of Jews who persecuted uh, Jesus for claiming to be the Messiah when they didn't believe he was. And there was even a point in which Pilate, after receiving a uh, message from his wife who had a dream about Jesus, uh, and some believe that it's even an angel that had visited her or that it was an inspired dream by God, uh, telling her that. Pilate should wash his hands from this and let the man go because uh, Jesus was innocent uh, and Pilate at a point even tried to release Jesus but the Jews wouldn't have it and of course Pilate uh, being uh, I guess the wuss that he was uh, didn't want to yeah I don't know how what better way to put it um, and being power hungry on top of that wanted to please the Jews and so he ended up Handing Jesus over to them to be crucified, but he claimed, you know, he washed his hands in a bowl of water and said he is, you know, not guilty of this man's blood, um, which obviously he is. So, I, you know, it's whatever. But <clears throat> they handed he handed the, Jesus over to to the Jews. They put a crown of thorns on him. They beat him uh, after a full night of beating him too, uh, and they made him carry his cross. Up the mountain, where he was eventually um, tied down and had nails driven through both of his wrists, both of his feet, uh, and then hung up on this cross. And according to the scriptures, um, there is a point in which, where am I going with this? No, backtrack. So when Jesus was put up on this cross, yeah, I know two other people were put up on the cross as well uh the scriptures called them criminals others uh and another uh, passage calls them rebels uh, but regardless where what we know of them uh, is very little but we know they're both criminals one is perhaps a murderer the other possibly a thief um that's all something we don't necessarily know um for sure but <clears throat> these two people were on the cross with on you know, other crosses with him. Uh, and the Jews, well, the Romans ended up nailing a sign to Jesus's cross, which said King of the Jews, which the Jews really disliked. They, they did not want that on there. They found it blasphemous, but they had to deal with it because the Roman Empire said too bad, basically. Um, and so Jesus was on this cross and he was suffering, and they tried giving him water, he wouldn't take the water. And even though he was on this cross and he was battered, beaten, he was flogged uh, numerous, numerous times. Um, So his back was bloodied and, you know, he was obviously in a lot of pain. And even upon this cross, having people still spit on him, hanging from these nails, he forgave them all. He asked God, the Father, to forgive them of their sins for they know not what they do uh and so the time frame of these events is something that's often put up, uh in debate because Passover begins on the 4th, April 4th. And so Jesus had to be pulled off to the cross before nightfall because it would have interfered with the Passover. Um it was something that would have been considered unclean to allow him to continue hanging on the cross. So they had to kill him, um, which gets very interesting here. So Jesus is placed on the cross at the third hour, according to Mark 1525. The third hour is, in our time, 9 a.m. Jesus died the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., which is often why we... We've discussed this in the past in regards to the demonic activity. Right. Uh, The dark hour of the night or the time at which demonic activity seems to be most active is 3 a.m., which is the complete opposite of when Christ died at 3 p.m. But what's interesting is that Jesus, right around uh, this 3 p.m. mark, actually gave up his spirit himself. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that particular moment, Jesus felt the entire weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. At that particular moment, Jesus himself literally became sin. Uh, And that was the whole point of Christ being placed on the cross. He was suffering the torment and the death that we ourselves deserved um, due to our sinful nature. And so at that very moment, Jesus felt the literal weight of the entire world, uh, of sin of the entire world, past, present and future. And and many people will say, and I truly believe this, that he literally thought of you, thought of me. He thought of everyone in the future that is yet to come, uh, of what they, of who they will be, what they'll do that's wrong. And, uh he will take that sin and place it on himself at that particular moment. So he felt the weight of the world. He felt God, the father abandoned him, which is why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me. And then he said, Lord, I commit my spirit to you. And he died right there on the cross. He gave his own life up. Um, and so at that moment, one of the soldiers said, we need to pull the him down we need to pull all of them down. They must all die so that we can get them off of the cross before, uh, The sabbath begins and so the guards the roman guards who were sent up with the jews to make sure everything was done correctly ended up breaking the legs on the two criminals that were also crucified with jesus and the third roman officer realizing that jesus had already died decided to take his spear and put it in the side of jesus um just to make sure that he was dead and of course when he punctured uh, Jesus in his side, it proved that Jesus himself gave up his spirit. And some even claim that at that moment, he, uh, the Roman guard, may have been saved at that moment, realizing that who they had just killed, you know, should not have been, or who had just died, should not have been crucified from the beginning. It was an innocent man. And uh, seeing that he truly was God. Because at this moment, when he pulled the spear out, blood and water flowed out and onto this person. Uh, And of course, a lot of people question what this water thing is. And I can't get into that because I don't have a medical background, but there is a book called, well, I'm serious, but there is a book called the case for Easter, uh, which is something I wish I would have thought of beforehand. Justin, we could, we could have had this uh, person on the show. Today as well. Yeah. Next year. Um, But the case for Easter, uh, which was written by Lee Strobel, it, he was actually an atheist until he started researching uh, Jesus, basically, and the death and resurrection uh, of East, and everything that happens within Easter. And within this book, you will find all the information you can possibly imagine on the death and resurrection of Christ and show evidence as to why all of it is true. Uh, and there's medical uh, history into in it. Uh, along with a number of other things, it's a short book. I literally read it within three hours. It's a super short book, but just packed full of information uh, that is just mind blowing. Um, and of course, it is historically accurate that we know Jesus Christ did live. There was a man named Jesus who was crucified uh, for being um, the acclaimed king or God. You know, he became king, kings being claimed the Lord. Uh, so as a person, he was a real person who really did, was crucified. Um, It's not just a story. Um, And so when Jesus died, the earth shook, there was an earthquake, the sky darkened, meaning the sun was blocked out, clouds came in, some say it even rained and that the rain represented God's tears. Um, And then at night, The moon itself turned blood uh blood red basically which all and all went along with the uh the prophecies made in the old testament as to what exactly would happen uh with jesus's work you know within jerusalem and the surrounding areas with his crucifixion with his death and with the events that happened afterward because also when jesus died Some of the saints, or all the saints I do not don't quote me on that, but the (laughs) saints rose from the dead. Those that had died previously had risen and came back to life, uh, which was something that was prophesied would happen when the Messiah, the Lord God himself, would die on the cross. And so Jesus was then placed, taken, and placed in a tomb, and on the third day, or three days later, and we're counting Friday as one day, Saturday as two days, Sunday morning being the third day Jesus Christ rose again from the grave uh, and the rest is literally history um, <clears throat> and Jesus appeared to his disciples throughout the course of the day uh, who then became the apostles and Jesus stayed with the apostles appearing to them randomly here and there for the next 40 days before ascending into heaven uh, in the beginning of the book of Acts, where uh, the apostles were given all authority to proclaim the name of Christ, to heal people, to cast out demons, etc., etc., uh, and ultimately to spread the gospel and the name of Jesus Christ and who he really is as Lord and Savior, uh, to bring the Gentiles and Jews to true faith and relationship with him that we may truly live truly be and become what we were originally created to be and that's God's children uh, fully loyal and obedient to him and ultimately to live with him in eternity upon our death um, whether it be our physical death or uh, when Jesus comes back uh, in the end times with the apocalypse according to the book of Revelation (sighs) Amen Amen
3: Alright, on that note, I think we'll take our next break Folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio And uh, we're going to have the paranormal headline As long as well as another quick uh, piece of music I'm sorry um, And um, we will finish up Alright folks, here comes your paranormal headlines
2: And now, Paratruth, Paratruth, Radio's, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal, paranormal Headlines, headlines.
3: Earth-like worlds may exist in nearby systems. There could be two potentially habitable planets in a binary star system just 43 light-years away. In cosmological terms Alpha Centauri is right on our doorstep, a binary star system that could one day become the destination of the first ever interstellar space mission. Now, astronomers believe that they have identified an even more tempting reason for us to go there in the form of what could be a pair of Earth-like planets in orbit around the smaller of the two stars Alpha Centauri b. While these two distant worlds are probably too hot to support life themselves, their presence could indicate that there are more planets in the Alpha Centauri system just waiting to be found. If you see one planet, the chances there are other planets in the system, said Bryce Oliver Demery of the University of Cambridge. To date, more than 2,000 planets have been detected in orbit around distant star systems, and more are being found all the time. Once the next generation of planet-hunting telescopes are up and running, we may even be able to confirm the existence of other worlds that are much like our own. Perhaps one day we may even be able to go and visit
2: them. This was a segment of Parachute Radios Paranormal Headlines.
0: Yeah. Is it too clever in a mixtape?
4: You Wait, piss me off by self.
3: Welcome back to Para Truth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, we've been talking about Easter and what goes into Easter. And uh, I think it pretty much sums it up that Easter has become pretty commercialized. But for the most part, people understand that it's supposed to be a time of joy, a time of uh, mm-hmm. celebration. Uh, most people probably know the story. Of, of jesus christ uh and him being resurrected uh him being god and the son of god um one thing that i was thinking about is you were talking about the crucifixion crucifixion mm-hmm. sorry uh have you ever heard of the stigmata
2: stigmata uh it depends what do you mean oh oh oh! i know what you're talking about yeah 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 yeah
3: um I don't know why it popped into my head to maybe just mention this, but the stigmata is um, its mostly found in the Catholic faith, uh, Roman Catholic to be exact. Um, a lot of times uh, it seems like they said that uh, about 80% of stigmatics are women. Um, and it, what stigmata is is the appearance of uh, signs of the crucifixion on other humans, other people other than Christ uh, that means the uh, the holes through the hands uh the um, scratches on the forehead from the uh, crown of thorns uh and most people don't get to it uh, but um, also the the spear through the chest, um, mostly because most people finally realize what's happening um, and realize that they are not as saved as they think they are and finally confess themselves to to Christ and to God and save themselves before the final the final um, sign is given um, so the question is is like are these people really going through this stuff? are they doing it to themselves? to make a point. Um, what do you think about that?
2: Um,
3: I mean, that's a really tough one. Uh, first Obviously, and foremost... It's, it's possible because cause God has the power to, to do that kind of thing. But
4: um, Right, right, right. But, you know, at the same time,
2: I don't think it's a God thing. I mean, God doesn't... Inf- I don't think God would inflict pain on someone in, in, or even marks like that. Um, the one thing that's... Important to note is that most these are on the hands, like as in the palm of the hand, right? The majority,
3: as as far as I was reading, yeah, it's usually right. the palm, and most people don't realize or know the science behind the crucifixion. But there are a lot of people that say that it was actually through the wrists, not through the hands.
2: Right. Uh, historic to be historically accurate, it would be through the wrists because in order to well, if you were to put a nail, especially well any size nail, to the hand and place all your weight on it, which eventually does happen on the crucif uh, on the crucifix around uh, the when you're on the cross or you know however they crucify you, um, you over time your legs begin to get tired. And, and mind you, there's nails to the feet, but you're on this like kind of pedestal thing that your feet are nailed to. Right. And over time, as you get tired, you start to give out. You start to weaken. And as you stretch, as your body falls and your hands stay up, uh, it slowly suffocates you. And you have to keep trying to push yourself back up to breathe. Uh, The problem is, if they were through the palms of your hands and you were to allow all your weight to come down, the nails would literally tear through your hands and you would fall off the cross. So instead, what works better and causes even more pain is to drive the nail through the wrist between the two main bones or the two bones uh, of your forearm. And if you take your thumb and your finger and you press down um, in the center of those two bones, you'll notice two things. One, it's very fleshy and soft there, uh, which, you know, you can feel the bones on both sides. But also, your hand begins to go numb and it sends a weird... Uh, numbing tingle up your arm so it causes even more pain and discomfort uh, than you would get through your hand, the hand itself <clears throat> uh, so the fact that these people are receiving stigmatas on their hands instead of on their wrists only tells me one of two things either A, they're doing it themselves and they don't know what's historically accurate right. or two it's a demonic source because uh, demons are incapable of being perfect uh, so even when it comes to the crucifixion or doing the stigmatas they couldn't be not that they couldn't be but they most likely wouldn't be uh historically accurate because they're incapable of being accurate uh they lie they they uh, um, well they lie they're dishonest they're they can't even form in like when we talk about shadows and stuff like that or like the formation uh, of demons right um you know they're always there's always something different They're they're always missing an arm or a limb of some sort that can never be perfectly formed
4: right. due to their nature right
2: and so I think strongly that it's a demonic thing as opposed to a uh uh as opposed to a godly or holy thing um,
3: do you think that's why um when they finally discover that you know it's more they have fallen from the people, I should say. The pe- they realize that they've fallen from God. That um, they go and get saved again, and that's why it stops.
2: Um, I mean, if it's that, if it stops because they confess their sin and call on you know truly call on Christ to help them and they devote themselves to them, then yeah, I mean, true salvation comes comes to hand, and yeah, they're going to be freed from uh, the demonic uh, affliction. Because the demon cannot harm uh, a, a Christian uh, when they truly, truly, truly have a relationship with Christ. Uh, and obviously there can be a form of oppression from demons and a form of affliction, but they usually can't physically harm a christian without god's permission to do so as according to the book of job
3: i don't know why it it popped in my head but it just seemed significant to bring that up so all right um i think we've gone over a lot of stuff today and um Something for all of you to kind of think about too uh think of Easter as, as something more than what is portrayed in uh in media in uh commercialism uh, Christianity is not just a religion but as Eric said, a relationship um, but also to a lot of people. Kind of lose the sight of what easter is about so i i truly want all of you guys to uh to think about what easter not only means to you but what it really is um anything else to add about easter
4: no i want to leave it
3: right there all right all right um before we end the the show Um, as we've been doing I want to give Eric a chance to uh, promote his up and coming short film uh, and uh, I want you guys to uh, stay tuned for for when
2: it comes out as well Uh, so my short film is a thesis film Um, it's called The Revealed and it's a story about a young woman named Abigail Franklin who Mm -hmm is an author which writes books on extraterrestrial life. Uh, and every week, I know I tell you guys a little bit more of this story. Uh, as a as a child, around 10 years old or so, she starts having visions or nightmares, if you will, uh, in which she sees things. Uh, and she believes growing up, as she grows up, she believes that she's being abducted by aliens. Well, over time, she becomes this... New York Times bestselling author who once again starts to become abducted by aliens. And so it's a struggle for her to really learn and understand what these encounters are that she's dealing with. And that's pretty much what the story's about. Uh, It's about her struggle, uh, her relationships and ultimately uh, her salvation, if you will, which leads her to the truth of what these abductions really are. Is it alien activity? Is it, you know, the extraterrestrials as we know them, the greys, the reptilians, uh, the insectoids, or is it something of a more spiritual nature? Is it something, is it something evil? You know, what is it Uh, that many people have claimed to be abducted by aliens? Many people have claimed to see aliens. Many people have claimed to see uh, UFOs. But are they really what we think they are? You know? Uh, is it spiritual? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I think this this movie is going to help to, uh, if anything, give you a, uh, a vision as to what it could be and give you another uh, option. Because as we know, there's a ton of options out there. to What to believe, what not to believe, so on and so forth. And this story truly is, I think, uh, and I wrote it so for me to say that I think it's good to be honest uh as a screenwriter for film is very difficult to do because screenwriters filmmakers in general usually think their their work is crap um You're so you can take it Critic. yeah they 're always the worst critic um and i still i'm still working on it i 'm still trying to fix it because there's parts of it that i don 't like. Uh, but I think, ultimately, it is a good film. I, I think it's an uh, inspired film, and it, it's a terrific film, too. It is a sci-fi horror film. Uh, there's a lot of jump scares, or a few jump scares, I should say. Not a lot, but there's a few jump scares. And it's a mind-bender. It'll really, I think it'll really hook you and get you to think um, as to what the truth is, what's reality, what isn't reality, what's dreams, so on and so forth, what's, you know... What the aliens are, where they come from, uh, what planet, what, you know, you name it. Uh, I think it's going to raise all those questions and it's really going to be a film that I think leads you to question your beliefs as to what, whether or not, I guess, we're alone in the universe. Um, So we're we're starting production. Production's already begun. We're in pre-production right now. Uh, we start the actual production in September of 2015, so at the end of the summer. And then we jump straight into post-production. And so I plan on having this movie out and ready for film festivals in early to late spring of 2016. And at that point, of course, the Paratooth fans are going to be uh, some of the first people to see the film and recognize it and hear about it. Uh, And we'll have that coming up. We'll have an episode all about the film uh, in the near future. But uh, if you can go to facebook.com forward slash the revealed movie.com or my bad facebook.com forward slash the revealed movie. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Um, Like it, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with random strangers. Uh, Ask them to like it as well. The more followers we get, uh, the more people we get to like it, the more interest we'll find in it. And of course it'll help me get it, get it out there for people to see. Then um, I know that's asking a lot. I, I'm asking for everyone's help uh, because I can't do it alone. I really can't do it alone. And so with your help, I can uh, get this film out there and allow uh, other people to see it. And it's really, it's a dream of mine personally and I'm hoping that you all will help that reali- that dream become a reality for me uh, by simply sharing the Facebook page. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie, uh, and look forward to The Revealed coming out spring of 2016.
3: All right. Um, and I know I've said this numerous times. Um, I've read the script. Uh, you guys are going to be pretty astonished by it. Uh, I was... As I was reading it, it was like I was watching the movie. So if I can do that with just the script, this coming from somebody who has no idea how to read an actual uh, Hollywood script um, is saying a lot. I mean, yes, me and Eric are cousins. Uh, For most, you might say that that's a biased opinion, but uh, Eric will attest that I have given him my... Uh, personal opinion, without any sugarcoating, if you will, for a mm-hmm. couple of his uh, projects. So, um, it, it's it's a really good movie. You guys are not going to want to miss it. All right, um, I think that's all for us tonight. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our Easter episode. Uh, don't forget, next week we will be live on com, and uh, we will go into much more about our, uh, our new system on that episode. Um, on that note, my name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we will talk to you guys next week.
4: Peace.
0: Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com.
1: Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
0: I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com.
1: Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew
5: Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on
4: Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app!